From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. I realized that what I brought to the table was a lifetime of experience and empathy for these people that are in this process that are putting themselves out there. Today on episode 96 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with coach Milt Alvarez. Milt used his background as a manager and producer to become a creativity and transitions coach for professionals in film and entertainment. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Milt Alvarez. In his last contract as a visual effects producer with a large international visual effects company, Milt managed a diverse team. It consisted of internal Los Angeles-based artists as well as an external team of international artists. After the contract concluded, Milt came to realize that there was a lack of support for creative people in the film and entertainment arts. He proceeded to get the necessary certifications to go solo in his new career as a coach for the creative industry. Milt, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. It's great to have you on. So, Milt, you've spent many years managing teams of creative people in the fields of film and entertainment arts. What kinds of creative roles did they occupy? Well, David, you know, the creative field has so many different types of roles, uh, from super creative to quasi-creative to management creatives. And I worked a lot with actors, producers, uh, editors, writers, executive producers. I had to interface. I was an executive producer myself, as well as being a producer. And art directors, a lot of computer graphics artists for visual effects and uh, technical engineer types were most of the type of people that I worked with. Um, yes, yeah, so that's a pretty wide range. And yet the one thing they all have in common is that they're using their creativity to produce results. That's true. That's true. And, and like I said, in many different functions, some are completely creative in the sense that they're creating imagery. They're, they're having to come up with ideas. Others are more of in a collaborative role where they're being creative in their own specific uh, field of specialty. For example, you know, producers are supporting creative people, the artists. You have in the in film production, you know, you have the, the crew that, you know, you have a makeup person, you have a, a cameraman. They're all creative in their own way, and they're cross-pollinating each other to basically get the end product out. So there's a lot of different different processes that are going on creatively, you know, in, in the industry. But all of them basically at the core of who they are is an, ex- uh, an execution of, of creativity and, and how they face challenges within that process are all very, very diverse. Mm. And what kinds of professional goals do they typically have? Well, you know, that's a really interesting question because it, it really, really varies. A lot of times when I've worked with the creatives that are responsible for creating the image or the, the original idea, the goals that a lot of these people have is to, you know, really be more efficient, to really be as productive as they can be creatively. And, you know, a lot of times in this creative process, you know, one of the things that stops them from being the best they can be is negative self-talk, where they have insecurities, where they're always being challenged to, what do you have? Show me what you have. And 
at the other end of them executing what they're ordered to do is a lot of potential criticism. It could be a lot of praise, but many times it's like, well, you know, I, I like it, but I don't like it. Or the fact that in a collaborative situation where you have creatives and management people working together, management can stifle creativity because of the feeling of having to contribute and not really understanding the creative process. But a lot of the insecurities that creatives have to struggle with is negative self-talk. You know, a lot of times it's bad time management. You know, they have a lot of tasks that they have to accomplish and they somehow get, you know, clouded and they, the, the management of the tasks stops them from being the best they can be. Other times it's bad habits. It's just, they're just not really, they're scattered. They're not as effectively managing their, their, their tasks that they have to do. Other times it's no goal setting in, on a broader scheme in the creative process. You know, there's no accountability when they're going through these challenges. So they just kind of fumble along. And, you know, one of the biggest things I found when I've talked to a lot of these creative people in their execution of their, their tasks is that life distractions, relationships, problems at home tend to really draw away from what they're doing. And sometimes as a producer, I found that sometimes you have to kind of connect with them on a personal level to see what's going on. Because sometimes you have a very talented person that's just not doing their work and creating to their level of, of, of talent. And, and sometimes it could just be that they just need somebody to, to talk to. Because a lot of times it's, I have a problem with this. And you talk to them a little more. Yeah, I'm having a problem with my girlfriend at home and, you know, we're, or, or my wife or my partner. And yeah, and we're, we're, you know, this is going on. And sometimes that's what they need is to be heard and they feel good and then they can get back on track. Yeah. I mean, th these actually are, are a lot of factors that I've never thought about. I haven't worked in your industry, but I'm thinking about times when I've interacted with creative people, like for example, a web designer hmm. who has to come up with, with the design for the website or has to somebody creating logos, working with an architect on renovations of my home, right? These are right, all right. creative tasks. And I'm thinking, yeah, have I been too critical of, of their creative output, which ends up causing them insecurity? Um, I never thought about it that way. Well, you know, it's the kind of thing that if you really look at it objectively, if you really break down the creative process, you know, you think about it. The person who has to come up, and I call it the, the blank page syndrome, you know, when you start off a project, whatever it is, you're starting off with the blank page and you're going, all right, I know I have a brief of what I need to do if it's more of a business creative uh, example, okay, but how am I going to do this? And this little thought process goes on in people's heads and, and it happens in everybody, whether we want to admit it or not. There's that moment of going, oh, do I still have it? Am I going to be able to come up with this? Yeah, okay, now what am I going to do? And subconsciously you start thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Well, maybe that's not right. Maybe this isn't going to work. And then they start going, well, if it's a, biz a business transaction, then it's, well, are they going to like it? Are they not going to like it? The point I'm making is that as a creative person, you basically have to dig into your soul and put your idea, concept, whatever it is, out for the world to basically comment on. And in a, in a business situation, it's management, it's the client, 
There's all these people that are going to just kind of go, ah, well, I like it. Maybe I don't like it. Whereas the creative person is putting it all out there to say, here's what I have. And if they're strong, they can deal with that. If they're an average person, like we all are, they may put the facade of like, yeah, this doesn't bother me. But deep down inside, they're insecure. They're going, oh God, they don't like it. I've got to come up with something else. Can I come up with something else? So it's, it's a real vulnerability as a human being to put yourself out like that for the world to comment on. And it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And people that don't have to do that, they only see the end product and they can either appreciate it or like it, but they don't realize the vulnerability that a creative person has to do every single day in their jobs. Yeah. So if you're a creative, I get this now, if you're a creative person, like, where do you start? How do you try to overcome the challenge of being vulnerable every single day in what you're releasing? You know, it, it's, it, it's funny because I, I have a, you know, a really good friend of mine that I've known for many years and he's a creative director and he's worked for many big advertising agencies, tech companies, and, and the guy's a true artist, the guy's a true artist, but he has a very he's the, one of the healthiest people I've met creatively because he has a very philosophical perspective. He puts it out there. He doesn't get attached to it. And if they don't like it, he just spits something else out. He spits something else out. He's, he's an anomaly because I think he's, he's seasoned. He's been around for a long time. You know, younger creatives are a little more, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe a little more mercurial. They're a little more vulnerable. They can be one of two things. They can be really, you know, so confident that it borders on hubris and others that are feel like they have it, but they're not sure. They're still finding their way. So it, it really is a process of, of looking at yourself and getting support whenever you get, you get blocked. But basically, it's taking one step at a time and doing the best you can do. Basically, that's all you can do. But, you know, there's another part of it is, is always committing, always committing to doing the best you can do. And that's really all you can do. And just kind of realize that when you have this, this criticism that's going to come your way is not to take it personally in, in a business situation, because that is, that is the hardest creative environment. Uh, for example, advertising, TV commercials. You know, you're dealing in a world where you as creative are by committee, just everything that you put out there, the committee basically comments on it. And I've been in situations where you have people that are not at all creative, that don't even understand the creative process, but all of a sudden are thrown into an arena where you have creatives coming up with ideas where they feel they need to comment on it. And many times they really don't even understand how the creative got to that point but they feel they need to justify their position and their value in the collaborative scheme by making comments just to say, oh, well, I don't like this or that or whatever. When in reality, it's such a minuscule thing that they're commenting on that has no real bearing on anything. But as the creative person putting the work out there, they have to hear this, they have to listen to this, and then they have to either accept it or become defensive and say, you don't know what you're talking about and it becomes a combative situation or basically be confident 
in yourself and say, look, I know this is good work, but this is a business situation. So I have to adjust it and not become attached to my work and just do the best I can. And that's a hard thing to do for a true creative. It, it must be extremely hard. It's, it's really hard. And, you know, there's another side to this whole puzzle, too. There, there's the creative executives. Now, now you have somebody on the other side of the fence that you have generally two groups of people. You have the business people that are interfacing with the creatives. And then you have the business people that are truly creative. There are some that really do get it, that are really connected to the process, that really are, are creatives themselves, even though they're in a management position. And those two groups can make such a difference in the process because the creative executives have an empathy and a connection with the artists and they know they can, they speak their language. And when you have those kinds of teams together, creative management and creative people working collaboratively, you really have great things that happen because you really have a true collaboration and, and Hollywood is full of you know, business type people that don't really understand anything about the process and all they care about is selling a product. You know, all they care about is like, yeah, yeah, that's good. What will it sell? But there's absolutely no connection or empathy to the creative people that have put all the work to either tell a good story, you know, execute great imagery. They, they don't care. They just don't understand it. And that, I think, is the hardest part for creative people to, to work with. That's the, the, the struggle because, you know, you're dealing with business. They have their art, but, you know, business has to make money. So when you have those people that are not connected, connected to the process, it makes it really, really hard for them. But on the other hand, when you have the ones that do, it's a, it's a great, great thing. You know, I also deal, David, with executives, you know, in this process that, you know, I've, I've talked to some very successful uh, executives that have gone down the path of, having financial success that all of a sudden want to find themselves. And I'm referring to the creative executives that say, you know what? I need to make a, a change in my life. This is not who I really am. I really am a creative. I want to do something that's going to fulfill me. And you see these guys transitioning from management and leaving it behind to really go follow their dreams and do something that is fulfilling to them on a creative level. And I always find that really interesting when I talk to those guys that all of a sudden they realize, you know, I've made money, I've been successful, but this isn't making me happy. You know, I really want to find a way of expressing myself creatively, whether it's music, writing, painting, art, whatever it is, or even, you know, maybe I'll transition and, and go into filmmaking. You know, it, it, it can be anything, but it's really gratifying when you see these people wake up and, and realize that that's their true calling. And in your case, Mil, you worked inside the industry as a manager and producer for a lot of years before deciding to be a coach and seeing that there was this um, this huge need on the part of creative people to to get some help. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's funny because I always thought of myself as one of those managers uh, as a producer. I was always dealing with you know making the projects move forward, making sure that all the pieces were in place and, you know, shepherding things along and, and dealing with the interpersonal, you know, connections of the process uh, and the logistics of the process. But I always, always had a connection to the creative process. And I, you know, I never allowed myself to really 
go down that path because of my own self-talk, negative self-talk and self-doubt that I brought into it from childhood. And we all bring our stuff, you know, we're a complete package as adults. You know, we, we live our lives as adults in our roles, but the truth is we're a package that comes with all the stuff from our childhood and we all have something from our childhood that affects us as adults. And, you know, as one of those people, I didn't really follow my creative path the way I would have wanted to. You know, my life took me down the path of more of a, uh, a management producing type of position, but I always had an affinity for the creative process. And as I went through my life interfacing with the creatives, I had these connections that I loved these people. I, you know, I love my connection with a lot of these people, directors, writers, actors. And I, I loved talking the creative process with them and, and ideas and, and, you know, with writers talking about characters, motivations and with actors, you know, talking about execution of, of characters and developing characters. And, and I loved the whole process, but my journey was always on the business side. And I always found that my connection with a lot of these artists told me that I had, you know, that I was one of them, that I felt you know, uh, an empathy towards them. I felt, you know, I felt their pain. And what got me to this point of coaching was that I realized that, okay, I've had over three decades of experience in this business. And I was one of those executives that basically said, you know what, this isn't making me happy anymore. Uh, and I didn't want to go into the start the creative process at this point in my life of you know, trying to become a filmmaker or anything like that. But I realized that what I brought to the table was a lifetime of experience and empathy for these, these people that are in this process that are, that are, you know, putting themselves out there. And then I also realized that a lot of artists are very vulnerable people. A lot of artists are very sensitive people and they put up the facade when they're dealing with business to do what they have to do. But inside they really need somebody that understands them, that's going to support them, that's going to encourage them, and that they know that they have a person that they can go to in those dark moments and say, God, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know what's stopping me. Or, you know, I'm really struggling with my, my personal life and it's, it's stopping me from doing my work. You know, what, what can I do? And to have somebody there to bounce these things off and dig and then also set goals okay, we, we've had this barrier that has stopped us. What can we do to change this? What can we do to push ourselves one step forward and have them be accountable for that? Where if they say, you know what? I didn't do this, I didn't do this, but next week I'm going to do this, this, and this, and then come back and go, all right, we talked about this. What did we do? And when they say, I did this and I did this, they feel proud. And when they say, well, you know, I didn't get that, job done the way we agreed to. And I hold them accountable and I say, why? And now they have to think, go why they didn't do it. They have to dig down and go, well, you know what? I didn't do it because I kind of slacked off over here or I didn't think I could do it. And you work through the process to overcome that and give them a place that they can work on their tasks, but also they know that they're supported I don't know if I answered the question there. I might yeah, have no, yeah. gone off on a tangent. 
How common is, is the kind of coaching that you provide for creatives? You know, I, it's hard for me to say. I know that there's other coaches out there that work with people. I don't know of many that specifically work with the creative process the way that I do. I, I'm sure there, there has to be. But I, I found that the people I talk to generally tell me that, you know, I've had therapists, I've had other mentors and coaches, but I think what you do really connects to my inner voice and who I am and what I'm trying to do. I feel heard by you. I feel supported by you. Because there are, to be truth be told, David, you know, part of my coaching is, you know, actual coachings, that the, what I got my certification for, but part of it is also a little bit of consulting where I kind of give them some pointers or some things that may be able to help them from my own perspective, from my own life experience. And it's a combination of both. And, and there's a part of it where I'm a friend, you know, where I'm there to support them and, and hear them in more than just a black and white coach. There are times when that's all I do. It's just straight goal setting and straight coaching. Other times it's a combination of all the things I just mentioned. Yeah, it, it sounds like a fairly unique niche. Yeah, it, it, it really, really is. I mean, the life transitions things, there's plenty of people doing life transitions, you know, but my life transitions work is, is creative life transitions. So I'm working with people in the creative industry and creative field that are making transitions in, in that aspect of my coaching that are doing the things that I mentioned earlier. They're successful. They've had you know, a good run in their careers and they're just kind of like, now what? Because, you know, the, the film business is really, it, it sucks the life out of you. And, you know, <laughs> you, you, you can, oh, yes. it's a lot of money. People make a lot of money in, in that business. So it's, the money is very enticing. And, and many people struggle. And many people struggle. But you have these people that have made all this money that are really successful, but yet they're empty. Mm -hmm. Something, something's missing. Yes, I've got all the money. I've got the house. I've got the cars. I've got all that. But you know, you talk to them and they just like, God, I don't know. Is there, I feel like there's something else I should be doing. There's something more, you know, that's the biggest struggle that I find with a lot of these very successful people. It's like they're needing more purpose. They're needing more expression. You know, they're needing to, whether it's giving back, whether it's mentoring, whether it's coaching, whether it's expressing themselves creatively, what they want to be in the forefront of creativity not just on the back end, supporting, pushing the paper, you know, green lighting things or whatever it is that may be. They want to be able to put their hands on what they, they, they create and say, I made this and feel that satisfaction. But it's not just that. It's like I just said, it's also, you know, I can help other people. I've got a lot of experience. I can help young people, bring them along. And there's a satisfaction to that. You know, for me personally, the, one of the main reasons I'm going down this path is that, you know, having children, I've got two kids, I've learned that, wow, your legacy really is how you help people. The more people you can touch, the more people that you can impact, you know, whether it's a little bit or a lot, but the more people that are out there that can say, wow, that guy Milt really helped me with this. He really showed me this. He really... You know, I learned that from this. 
Or, you know, there was a guy, you know, that when they're older and they're helping somebody younger, there was a guy that, you know, helped me learn this particular tools that I think you should use. That to me is one of the main reasons I do this. Because it's, yeah, it's you know, so important. Sure, we all do. We all do it for money. We all want to make money. We all, we all, you know, we all have that as part of whatever we do. But first and foremost is for me to leave that legacy that I helped a lot of people be better. Yeah, that that's so powerful, Milt. Well, we've really covered a lot of territory about the creative process and uh, how it how it intersects with um, with personal and professional goals and with business goals, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything that you've shared today or access any resources you have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to do that? You know, the, the easiest place is miltalvarez.com. You know, that's that's my website there. They can contact me there. Uh, my phone number's there. You know, what, what I like to invite people to do is basically, you know, give me a call. We can do, you know, an hour consultation. You know, we can talk and see, you know, what what it is that you need. Uh, meet and see if they they like me. That if we have a connection, if if it's something that that can help them, and and then we can proceed forward and see how how I can be of service to them. Uh, I mean, that's really the easiest way of doing it. Because, you know, David, I always believe that you know not everybody's going to connect with everybody, and. Some people just connect to you and, and I'm sure you've, you've experienced this in your life where you meet people that you just automatically connect with and others you don't. So this work has, there has to be a connection. And I find the best way is let's have a couple conversations. You know, I can do one or two sessions. I've done as many as free, uh, three, three sessions free to basically, let's just give ourselves a little bit of time to talk, do three 45 minute sessions and then, you know, you can make a decision there. But that's really the best way to do it, I think. Yeah, that's that's very generous. Well, Milt, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Going Solo and share your insights, your experiences. It's been a really great conversation. My guest today has been Creativity and Transitions coach Milt Alvarez. Thank you again, Milt, for joining us. David, thank you. Thank you so much. The pleasure is all mine. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today we learned how to use empathy to coach creative professionals and much more. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.